Hello everybody, welcome back to the latest episode of the Video Production Academy podcast. I'm delighted to be joined today by Erin Shade, co-founder of Big Tiny World Travel, blogger and travel coach from the United States. Now, if you're listening to this as a podcast, I would definitely recommend you go and check out the video because Erin has the most wonderful backdrop I think I've seen of anybody that I've interviewed so far. It's fabulous. So, Thank you so much for being with us today. I really appreciate the fact that you're here. It was a little bit of a bumpy journey to get to this stage, but I'm super delighted that you've joined us. Thank you very much for having me. No, you're very welcome. Firstly, what I would love for you to do is to introduce yourself and what you do. So first off, I'll give a little background. In 2019, me and my wife, Brianna, quit our jobs to travel the world. And that was like a big step in our life, a big change in our life. And that kind of led into what we're doing now with our business. So we've been blogging for over five, no, like seven or eight years now, I guess. Um, But before it was more of a hobby. And now we've transformed that into a business, a big, tiny world. We teach adventurous travel couples how to plan their best trips without stress and within budget. So that's been our primary course that we've been offering. And now we're also working on a membership site that will lead them from being a restricted vacationer. It's something we've kind of coined that phrase because people who just have vacation time only are restricted by that amount of time. Whereas an unlimited traveler is where we want to get them to, where they're making money and they can be location independent. So they don't have to rely on just going into work every day. They can work remotely and also travel and have you know different money saving tips. And that's kind of like a change in lifestyle that we're going to be working on with our membership site. So you weren't always into traveling. There was life before this? Yes. So before, so back in 2015, I took my first international trip and that was kind of late. A lot of people will do it a lot sooner in life. I was almost 40 years old when I did that. And I think that's kind of where we got like the travel bug and wanted to go out and do more. And over a glass of wine, where the best ideas happen, we're like, well, we see a lot of other people out there that like quit their jobs and, you know, travel for a year or whatever it might be. And we know people have done it for even seven years straight. Um, and it's like, well, if they're doing it, it must not be that difficult to do. Well, why don't we just set a plan in motion to make that happen? And we were saving up a bunch of money. And three years later, we did it. We left in 2019. And got about five continents in before the pandemic hit and sent us home. So it was just kind of a wild little ride there. Now we're like full-time travelers. So even after, during the pandemic, we would still take national parks trips and some outdoors kinds of trips around the United States. And so even in a few days, we'll be leaving on a trip. So we're, we're still going and doing things and also building our business at the same time. Was it quite a natural progression then to get into blogging? Because obviously, if you're traveling, you're experiencing new things, different cultures, the food, the geography and everything. So was it something that was an obvious choice? So for blogging, when we first started, it was basically just talking about our different experiences and not really very serious about a format or anything. It was just like, hey, we did this thing. But over time, we've grown and we've gotten better at having more purpose behind our blog posts and having something that draws them into it 
as well as the story and actual valuable tips for visiting said place. For example, we're working on one right now on Death Valley National Park because we were just there a couple months ago. And not only will it have our story of how we experience things there, but it'll also provide valuable tips on what kind of vehicle do you need when you're there and how much does gas cost there? Because it's out, outrageous actually in that park. So you got to plan ahead for that. And then where to stay and all those kinds of things, as well as all the really neat places to go check out while you're there. And some more powerful blog posts than just what we started with. So, I mean, over five or more years, you start figuring out like what, what's working, what's not working and kind of build on that and go from there. So I know, cause I've spoken to Brianna before. She's an exceptionally good photographer as well. Yeah. So she has her own photo blog on the side too, but she hasn't been maintaining that as much because we've been both working on the travel one more, but a lot of stories and things are over there regarding our travels as well. And we're focused on our photography. I love the fact that there's this storytelling element. I think blogging can quite often be dry, that it can be quite fact-based, but I know that storytelling is a large element in what you do. So if you're just reading facts, I mean, I can read that and I'll be bored to tears. But if you're actually telling the story of when we arrived, what were our first thoughts on Death Valley? What were our thoughts before we even went there? For example, I always thought it was just like the basin that's there. And that was what Death Valley was. But there's just like so much that park. And it's actually larger than several of our U.S. states. So it's a big place. So (laughs) how did you learn the art of storytelling? I didn't have any formal training in it. It's just knowing what I like to see whenever I'm reading a blog or watching a video, what those things, those elements are that kind of piece it all together is just kind of what I've mimicked as I've been growing through this process. Have you found it quite a natural thing to be able to do and to develop? It's been harder for me. My wife does a much better job than I do, to be honest, but I've been more of a introverted kind of person most of my life. So being able to just talk to someone and tell them a story about something takes me a little bit more time and planning to do than it would for her. Yeah, I think that's quite an important point, really, is is we each play to our own strengths. And for some people, storytelling, I think, is quite a natural thing. And for some of us, it's a little bit more worked for. Yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> but I'm getting better and I'm getting more out of my comfort zone with that. You know, or, and I think we have to really. Put myself we? out there. It's like even uh, being here on this podcast. <laughs> well, that's it. Introverts of the world unite. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> I would agree with that. It's just completely off topic, but I've been asked to speak at a conference in a couple of weeks' time. And this is the first time that I'm doing something in person in a room in front of real people and I'm already nervous <laughs> it's like <laughs> as an introvert that's just like all kinds of nope <laughs> yeah well I had an instance where there was a, basically a meetup group where I did a presentation on our trip to Norway to a group of people and I actually had a lot of fun with it and the slides there helped me progress along through that presentation and it was just fun and the group really enjoyed it. So I think the more you put yourself out there, the easier it is. I would definitely agree with that. I think it's that first step outside of your comfort zone that is the biggest because you realize once you step out of it the first time, you don't die, 
you don't stop breathing. The world still carries on going round. We're okay. We can cope with this. It's mad. It is. I think it's only people who are that introverted will actually understand that process. And people that are extroverted won't get it whatsoever. They'll just think that we're slightly peculiar. Yeah. So when did your use of video start? So I've always been interested in video and actually doing it in a more professional manner hasn't really occurred since the last five years, really. Before that, I was just random videos of stuff, didn't have any purpose, didn't have any story. And now I have more intention with what I'm taking video of. So especially when traveling, even the smaller mundane things are important there because it kind of tells the whole story of a trip, for example. And lately I've been getting a lot more into narration on videos. So it used to be, I just throw a bunch of really cool clips together with some nice transitions and think that that was going to do something on YouTube and no, that doesn't work. So some of my latest videos, I would be talking about a particular place and I'd have like some hook to get them interested in the content. And then I'd walk them through like some of the really neat places and maybe some of historical background or anything else that might be interesting to that, but then also try to entertain at the same time. So I do a lot of silly stuff on video sometimes just to kind of keep things moving. Yeah. So I think right now I've been getting really into TikTok videos uh, because that's trending and I'm growing an audience very quickly there. And that's helping to also promote a lot of our opt-ins to our business. That's brilliant. I've just started with TikTok. I've got to be honest and say, I haven't got my head around it yet. I'm not one. Uh, yeah, I'm not a dancer. So I see people do amazing things. And you don't have to be a dancer. <laughs> that's just as well, because it's not going to happen. So I think what I'll have to do is follow you on TikTok and see if I can crack the code of what works. So I had one just blow up recently, and it was an educational TikTok that was just talking about from the United States, you could take a stopover in Iceland spend a week there on one ticket and head to Europe afterwards on Iceland air. That's cool. That's all it was. And I just explained what a stopover was and why it's neat that you can do all this on one flight basically and visit two countries with one ticket. Yeah. I can understand why that would do well because it's something that you wouldn't necessarily think about doing. So it captures the imagination to think, well, this is something that is feasible and possible. And so my educational ones are really great. Those, I'm just talking to the camera. And that one, I was just talking to the camera the whole time. I didn't even have any B-roll on it. Some of these I do put B-roll in too, but that one I didn't. And it still performed really well. I was really surprised by it. So I do those. And I also do narrations over clips too. So those are kind of the two formats I've been experimenting with lately on TikTok. That's brilliant. Thank you for that insight. What impact is using video having on your business? So I think it reaches a lot more people than just our blog would. We have a regular steady amount of people that go to our blog. It helps them get to know us better when they can see our faces talking about different things. I mean, we do weekly travel tips on Facebook. We connect with our audience there. And then on TikTok, if people are commenting and stuff there, I'm interacting with everybody because that builds those relationships. And then you have more connections that you can work with and promote your business with. Yeah, absolutely spot on. 
what tips would you give someone who's just starting out on their video journey? Be consistent. If you're on a certain platform, just pick one to start with. Don't try to overwhelm yourself with doing reels on Instagram and YouTube and TikTok. Just start somewhere just to get more used to it and provide value, whatever it might be, whatever your hobby is or your interests that you want to create a channel on. Keep focused on that and not do a whole bunch of different things that don't align with each other when you're building your channel. So it's not like I'm going to start talking about photography in my travel channel. I mean, it's an element, but it shouldn't be a primary focus. Always have a call to action. So make them do something, whether it's just commenting or following or liking it or going to this website, just have something there that'll help you with growing on any platform. Try not to just be a talking head. Sometimes try to have a variety of clips in there. People don't want to just see people talking the whole time necessarily, especially on a YouTube video. You need to break it up. People only have like three to four seconds of attention span. So it's good to kind of have some quick things happening every once in a while just to keep them interested. And then use storytelling, just like we were talking about earlier. That is very powerful. Have you done the obligatory in-car video yet? In-car video. There just seems to be loads of people at the moment that are taking a video, sat in the front of the car with the phone. I have not done that. I mean, we have some video of me talking in a car, but it's just a brief thing like arriving in South Africa and I'm driving on the wrong side of the car on the wrong side of the road, in my opinion. And then I got used to that. And then I had to go back to the other end. <laughs> so I got some clips of me like back in Europe. And then I was on the what I think is the correct side of the road. And then I had to go to England and then I was on the wrong side again. <laughs> so just stuff like that's kind of fun. But most of the time, anything related to the car, I usually, a lot of times I'll mount a GoPro onto the front on the hood of the car to get road clips because those can be really interesting. Inside of the car, I don't do like full videos like that <laughs> just yet, but I know people that definitely do. Seems to be a tick box at the moment. That's all. I was just curious. Yeah. I like the idea of putting the GoPro on the front of the car. You can get some amazing shots just by being a little bit more imaginative. Yeah. So what's nice about the front of the car is a lot of people do it through their glass window and there's always like dirt and everything there. But if you can put it on the front and not like the very front, so none of the hood of the car is showing in the frame, uh, you can get pretty epic road clips from that. And then another one that I'd like to do with a second GoPro is maybe mount one on the top of the vehicle on whatever side has the most interesting stuff on it. And we can remotely activate them from inside the car using our cell phones. So I can have my wife, I'm not doing it, I'm driving. So she can turn them on and off. And I think some of that makes some very interesting clips, but I think some in-car clips mixed with that would be good too. I love if that you're on a road trip, you're talking a little bit on the camera on the road. Yeah, I remember actually, I'd forgotten all about it till you were saying, uh, we did a research trip a few years ago. And for us, it was a lot of traveling. For you guys, it really wasn't so much. It was going from where we are in North Scotland, down to Middle Scotland, down to Northeast England, across to Northwest England and back up. So we did just have the phone in the front of the car. So we took shots when we were in the different places where we were um, looking at different equipment. And then we would capture our 
opinion of it and what our thoughts were on that while we were driving to the next place. And it works well, actually. It was good fun. But I'd forgotten all about that. Yeah. I like filming in a way that I can string things along. So I might even have Brianna get out of the car while I drive up or something like that, just to kind of show that clip, just of arriving somewhere and getting out. It makes sense. It has to make visual sense. So to leave and to arrive is part of the journey. So yeah, it makes absolute sense. It's just that pre-planning ahead of time, just, and it doesn't take that long and it's fun too. So I like doing that. Have you ever pranked her and just driven off? (laughs) Oh, that sounds fun, but no, I haven't done that. (laughs) Don't tell her I said that. How can people (laughs) connect with you? They can reach us at bigtinyworld.com. That's our website. We're also on all of the different social platforms. We're on Pinterest, Instagram, all under Big Tiny World. So you can find us on Facebook or Instagram, whatever your platform is. And TikTok right now, since I'm growing a lot, I'm there on Big Tiny World. That's brilliant. Thank you so much for taking the time to have a conversation today. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Video Production Academy podcast or watching it if you're viewing us on YouTube. I'm Lee Midlane and I've been your host for this episode. If you'd like more information, resources or free downloads, head over to the Video Production Academy at www.videoproductionacademy.co.uk. Reach out if you have any questions, queries or comments and subscribe to hear more inspiring conversations with business owners just like you who've built their business using video. Until next week, shoot for the moon.